All right, the conference championship games are over. The Eagles are moving on. The Chiefs are moving on. But the two games that they played to get there were kind of weird and a little bit mediocre. Sam, how you doing? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, oh, I was just so excited for this season. Uh, didn't want to get my hopes up, but man, it just it just felt like this nine that Niners team was a team of destiny, and to have it really their legs cut out from under them immediately in that game was just pretty disappointing. It's really hard to set it. It's almost like the shock has taken over me and maybe some other fans of that team. It's like, man, they should be in the Super Bowl or at least have given a better fight in that game. Yeah, I think for me, one of the um, things that I, I hope isn't being said about the 49ers is at least being said consistently, because I think I've heard it once or twice from a few analysts, but I don't think it's fair to say that the Eagles were going to win the game anyway, even if Brock Purdy was playing, because the only thing that you could base that on was, I don't know, the first drive or two. I've heard it said at least once this, uh, this past week. And I hope it's not something that has turned into like, a buzzword kind of kind of saying throughout this week that the Eagles were going to beat the 49ers anyway, because to even say that, I just, I, I don't know what you can base that on because the 49ers from the jump, I mean, they really never had a, had a chance as soon as Purdy goes down. I mean, at that point you're just counting away the minutes in the game. You're going, it's really only a matter of time before Philly breaks away. And that's exactly what happened. And I got to give Josh Johnson credit for coming in and, and playing, I mean, I guess about as well as he could have. I mean, he was mm-hmm. 7 for 13, 74 yards. He's playing against an all-time pass rush uh, in the Philadelphia Eagles front four um, who had like 75 sacks on the year or something like that. The only team to have as many sacks as them in NFL history was, was that like old 85 Bears team. <laughs> That's how good that they've been. So... I think he came in and played about as well as he could have. I mean, that game, it wasn't it wasn't even fair from from the jump. So I, I really hope that there aren't a lot of people out there saying that the Eagles were going to win anyway because there's just no way to back up that claim, I don't think. And how devastating could this potentially be for this franchise? As, I mean, you think of – I can't name a franchise that was more prepared – Oh, probably overly cautiously prepared for the potential of their quarterback getting injured. I mean, you think <laughs> Trey Lance, yeah, Garoppolo, bringing Garoppolo back, even though most people thought that that was a mistake because it would stunt Trey Lance's growth. Trey Lance gets injured out for the year, um, needs ankle surgery. Garoppolo then takes them so far, and he gets injured. So those are two freak things that uh, really none of the other teams that were in the um, conference championships really had to contend with. I know Jalen had the weird shoulder thing, but he's not out for the year of any or any great length of time. And then you have somehow Purdy falls into your lap. So you have three quarterbacks deep and the football gods were like, oh, Niners, are you four quarterbacks deep? <laughs> that, they were asking that question 
because apparently it was too too unfair if the Niners actually had a healthy quarterback that had some quality. So let me ask you. I mean, I believe the news out of San Francisco is that Purdy's going to be out for at least six months. Elbow injury. Yeah, he needs he needs Tommy John. So, and you and I spoke a little bit about this um, over the past few days. What do you you got? You had said that. Purdy is for sure the starter next year. Yeah, I said that before the right. game. So, before this game. Mm-hmm, right. So after this game, after the surgery, does that change your um, opinion on the whole thing? I, th- I think they go back to Lance. Yeah. Because he's going to – I think the report came out today or yesterday that he should be ready um, by training camp. Um, and that I think that's just a huge advantage. And that might be – they might have even been leaning one way or another. I mean, I honestly, this they are the most unorthodox team when it comes to how they're handling and how they see their quarterback position and how they treat mm-hmm. that position um, because they really haven't given anyone – like the upper hand, really. They've just gone at who's got the hot hand, and that's where we're going to go with. Um, and if it looks like Lance is just lighting up in training camp, then they might stick it out, stick it out with them. I was on the opposite side of you. I was, I was thinking that that okay, Purdy being the starter next season probably makes the most sense. But I didn't think under any circumstance that Lance was not going to be on the roster next this, season. This opens the door for him, for sure. Well, it absolutely opens the door for him. But even if Purdy didn't get hurt, and you know he plays well in, um, in a loss, I still think that Lance would have been on the roster regardless, be- oh. just because of how much they invested in Lance and the fact that they never got to see it. I'm not saying that he would have been necessarily the starter, because at the end of the day, if you found your starting quarterback in Brock Purdy in the same draft that you you that you got Trey Lance, I mean, did you win? I guess it kind of depends on how you look at it because you went into the draft looking to get a quarterback. You got one, even though it wasn't the one that you spent those first-round draft picks on. So I think for me, my thought was going to be that Purdy was going to be the assumed starter going into next season – but that Lance was going to have every opportunity to take that job from him. And now, obviously, that just seems like it's more likely, but only because of the injury. I mean, if you really think about it, has Brock Purdy lost? Not really. No, not really. really. I don't, he didn't finish the – he didn't even finish the first quarter of the Philly game. Yeah. Um, healthy. It's like you can't really sit there and, like, put that game on him. Um, yeah. <sighs> I just think this the fact that he's out for so long, um, it's going to be tough. I mean, this is Lance's opportunity to win that job. And before the before any ball was snapped in the NFC, cha- in the NFC Championship, I thought wholeheartedly 100%, oh, yeah, Purdy's going to be the starter. There's no way that they go off of him. Um, now, moving Trey Lance, if – a package comes that you feel comfortable moving him, I think you take it. But at the same time, can this team really afford to be giving up quarterback talent, 
especially when they can be really talented backups. <laughs> For some <laughs> reason, this team is plagued with quarterback injuries and just <laughs> completely derails their seasons. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was it was a strange season to say the least for the 49ers in a strange game to finish their season, you know, like just with everything that happened with the Fred Warner thing, like I think it literally was like the second play of the game, Nick Bosa getting kind of hit and injured while he's standing on the sideline, the Brock Purdy injury, the, the punt that hit the wire on the like sky cam, the chain gang breaking, or uh, actually the chain that the chain gang was using for the yard markers breaks. They got to bring in the second one. It's just a weird game. And I guess it's fitting that that was the final game for the 49ers because what, yeah, because I mean, man, just a strange season for them, but got to give your team credit for getting to the NFC championship game with four different quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, and I think you got to give it to that coaching staff, D'Amico Ryan's, um, D'Amico Ryan completely deserved, completely earned that Houston job with what he yeah. was doing on the defensive side. I mean, that – and I don't – yeah, Philly lit up the 49ers defense. But most of those points were off of great field position because the Niners turned the ball over. Um, so, I mean, I think really that kind of – inflated some of the the score and some of the numbers yeah, that absolutely absolutely let's let's not get it twisted with with the eagles 31 points i mean their defense played a huge part in why they had 31 points the eagles only had 269 yards i mean they yes they scored 31 points but if you think back to the very first touchdown it shouldn't have been a touchdown the, the, the Devontae Smith um, catch-no-catch, catch, which absolutely was not a catch. And I thought was fairly obvious from the jump. I was surprised that Shanahan didn't challenge it. Even – I know he said that he didn't see the replay, but just based off Devontae Smith hopping up and going, we need to snap the ball immediately, I don't know. It just feels like that was an indication for him that, like, ooh, we may have gotten away with one right there, so let's go, 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 go. Um, you know, I – so that that was seven points for them because I think they scored two or three plays later. That probably shouldn't have been. Josh Johnson fumbles a snap that hit him right in the hands, and that put them in great field position to score. Like There were a bunch of possessions that Philly was sort of gifted throughout that game. They did not have a great offensive performance. Jalen Hurts played all right. He didn't play amazing. And the Eagles so far this postseason have had I mean, got to be one of the easiest <laughs> routes to a Super Bowl in a while. I mean, they played the Giants, they demolished, and then they played. To say it was a banged up 49ers team is underselling it mm-hmm. um, to get to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, hopefully they're healthy by the time they get to the Super Bowl. Because, um, God, they're going to need it. <laughs> they're going to need it with what team they're playing against. Right. So let's get to that team. Um, Kansas City Chiefs beat the Bengals 20 to 23 and <laughs> you know the <laughs> the the word from fans after that game was that the game was rigged mm-hmm. um, which is a shame that there are actually a lot of people who believe that um, no, I don't think people truly believe it I mean you know what maybe not truly believe it but 
the fact that it was being sort of even I mean the fact that the NFL is rigged hashtag apparently was trending like 14 or 16 hours even after the game um which is a long time in the in the you know world of social media to be hanging around that long um and you know it it did it did appear maybe um that uh, some of these uh officials were maybe favoring the Kansas City Chiefs, whether that was intentional or not. Um, I understand maybe some of the skepticism. One, the NFL is not rigged. It would be, one, impossible, I think, to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. But two, I, I do, on the flip side of that, I guess understand a little bit why everybody was so furious about that game because of the officiating, but I don't want to spend too much time on that. Um, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest football player I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> I mean, wow. On the day that the goat retires, I didn't say, um, like, and did I say greatest? I meant to say best. You um, did say greatest. Okay. I meant to say best because Brady is the greatest, but I, I meant what I mean by that is, Patrick does more things in a game that I just kind of sit back and go, well, all right. I, I guess people can do that. You know, <laughs> you know, I never thought someone could do that, but yeah. he just made it look so easy. Yeah. Uh, like uh, he, like more things throughout a game that just are inexplicable. And I know that everybody says that, and there's nothing that I can say about Patrick Mahomes that hasn't already been said, but, I mean, to go 29 for 43, 326 yards, two touchdowns on, like, one leg. It's just one of the most impressive performances from a quarterback or any athlete I've seen in a very long time. No, I totally, 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 totally agree. I mean, he's, he, makes, he makes it so difficult to, to pick against him or mm-hmm. the Chiefs because he just – He's so methodical and so – he just makes every play. He makes every right play. I can't remember a game that they've been blown out except for the uh, Tampa Bay Super Bowl. And mm. even then, I thought Mahomes actually played really well under the circumstances. Oh, like, yeah. I don't really know of a, if they can be out of a game because he, him, Kelsey, uh, a lot on that offense, no matter what, you take away Tyreek Hill, it doesn't matter. They're still going to find a way. And to get to win that game, a close game against Cincinnati, I think shows a lot of that championship it factor for that team. Um, I don't know if they're the complete team that can contend with Philly, but I'm rooting for them. I'm not. Um, and as, as much love as we're giving Patrick Mahomes and he deserves all the praise in the world, we got to equally give that to Chris Jones on the defensive Mm. side of the ball for the Kansas city chiefs, because he absolutely wrecked that game from start to finish. He was in Joe Burrow's face all game. He had two sacks that were extremely important, um, throughout the course of that game. He was an absolute monster on the defensive line for Kansas City, and he really made life difficult for Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow looked uncharacteristically 
Well, he just didn't look like himself. I mean, he was 26 for 41, 270 yards, one touchdown, two picks. And it's the two picks that were really the most shocking because I feel like every time I watch Joe Burrow play, he never throws an interception, like ever. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he threw two, I mean, a lot of that came from the pressure that he was under the entire game. And I know the offensive line was banged up and, you know, Kansas City sort of took advantage of that. And, you know, no quarterback really is going to thrive when you have a bunch of bodies in front of you. But, I mean, that game for me, Joe Burrow's two interceptions largely, I think, have to do with how much Chris Jones and the Kansas City defensive line just kind of bullied the backups for the Bengals uh, up front. No, I can't, can't agree more. Um, this won't be the last time, hopefully, that we see Cincinnati in the conference championship. Um, honestly, I think I was pulling for a Cincinnati Niners Super Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. So this is probably my least desired <laughs> Super Bowl outcome, <laughs> to be honest, um, that we got. Uh, man, but I, I think there's a lot of guys, and I know you hate Kansas City relatively. Um, there's some spite there, but I think Andy Reid's a pretty likable figure. Kelsey's yes. a pretty likable figure. Yes. Um, and I at least appreciate Mahomes. I don't know if others might be kind of getting sick of how good he is, but um, I do. I like him. I think I could say so. I'm, I'm going to root for him. No, absolutely. I I like Patrick Mahomes. I like Kelsey. I like Andy Reid. Um, it's just the Chiefs as a whole. Like you know, it's a team hatred, not really a player hatred thing. Um, I think you're going to have to get off the Raiders um, wagon here pretty soon. I, I don't. I don't think I could, even if I even if I wanted <laughs> to. <laughs> um, I don't think you'd be allowed back in your dad's home. Maybe not. <laughs> um, but, like, I mean, when you grow up watching one team, I mean, it's kind of entrenched with you forever. I don't think you can just kind of choose to to just stop. <laughs> um, but, I mean, you have to, I think you really have – I think it was easier for me to sort of root for a second team in the NBA, but that's because I genuinely loved, you know, those players that were on those, those kind of old Spurs team. Now, you know, they're all gone, so it's not the same. Um but, yeah, I mean, in this game, I mean, you mentioned my dad. My dad was having the worst day ever with Cincinnati and Kansas City playing because the first time he went to Vegas to watch the Raiders, they played the Bengals. They lost. Then that same season, I believe it was the same season, the Bengals knocked the Raiders out of the playoffs. And then the Chiefs were the Chiefs. So, <laughs> He, he was saying no no win situation. Yeah, yeah, it was not really um not really a good day necessarily for him. I was rooting for the Bengals um just because it was more palatable than watching the Chiefs go. Um but you know, you mentioned if people are getting maybe kind of sick of Mahomes. I wonder if he's going to get sort of the Brady treatment. You know, like Brady was always there and just kind of got like oh, you know, each season it was like, oh, well, yeah, I mean the Patriots are probably going to be there, so you know, what, what, what's the fun in it? Kind of the same thing that happened with the Warriors when they went on their, you know, five, six, seven-year run. And maybe they're still even in the midst of it right now. Um, uh, not anymore. Well, not this season. <laughs> at the moment. Um, but, I mean, 
yeah, it's one of those things where they're always there. So I can understand people are just kind of, you know, maybe getting sick of him a little bit. Cause I think this is his fifth championship game that he's been in. And now it's his third Super Bowl. So mm-hmm. yeah, three Super Bowls already. He's only 27. Must be nice. <laughs> it must be nice. But, I mean, the Niners are on a pretty good tear as of late, um, at least the last five years to, as well. Um, Cincinnati's off to a good start. I mean, there's teams that have been pretty, I don't want to say, do- like, dominant, though. Uh, Kansas City's definitely above the rest. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And they, so let's, let's move our way towards the Super Bowl game that we have. We're going to have this show and next show to talk about it. So we don't have to spend the entirety of this show talking about it, but we have the Super Bowl matchup between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Eagles. And the last couple shows I've been giving movie titles to each of these games. And I came up with one for this one. Okay. You're, you're either going to like it or you're going to hate it. I think you have, you have to have played this particular game to get the reference. But if anybody, oh. if anybody played the old MW2 games, there was a map called Rust. Uh-huh. Right? So this one to me, one, because the, the, um, it was a very, very tiny, tiny, tiny map, very famous Call of Duty map. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs were the number one seed. The Philadelphia Eagles were the number one seed. The Super Bowl is taking place in Arizona. It's a desert, just like, where Rust took place. So to me, this, this Super Bowl is titled 1v1 in Rust. <laughs> um, okay. Just because of the fact that we have the first seed of both teams playing in the desert, to me, that's the title of the Super Bowl. And that's either clever or not. Maybe some people got it. Maybe some people didn't. Um, but this... this... Right, I, think, I think you spelled it out pretty... I don't. I can't see why someone would get it. Well, I mean, in terms of like the nostalgia of actually remembering the map, um, which, by the way, was an absolute nightmare <laughs> to play on. Um, what you just go to the highest point on the middle, and you you just wait for someone to spawn. But that was the thing, right? Like in in that game, like to figure out who was the best player on Call of Duty, you'd go one v one me and Rust, and this is this is what the Super Bowl is, right? It's one v one in Rust. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that you said that this wasn't your most desired Super Bowl matchup. But at the end of the day, what we're getting is the two most dominant teams throughout the whole year in each of their conferences playing Mm. against each other. You know? Mm. No, I don't know. You don't know. What's the pushback? Well, Philadelphia only won one more game than the Niners, and the Niners finished the year winning 12 in a row before Philadelphia. I don't, I don't think you just put a blanketed statement as that Philly was the most dominant team at the NFC. Okay, well, that's a little biased, but... Oh, it's it's a lot biased. <laughs> as long as you're leaning into it, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, let's think about it, right? I mean, you guys started off, what, four and four, Philly started off 11 and 0. Like I know that the end result for the 49ers was close to Philly, but from the jump Philly came out and was just absolutely on fire throughout the whole year and they never really let up. Their only their only bump in the road that they hit was when Jalen Hurts 
got injured. But other than that, they were nails all year. Yeah. So, um, I, I mean, I don't really – 10 weeks, 10, 12 weeks ago, um, I, I don't even know where I was 10, 12 <laughs> weeks ago. Like, that feels so long ago to when the Niners lost to Atlanta and Denver and um, someone else bad. Chicago. They lost mm-hmm. to all three of those teams, and all three of those teams suck. <laughs> I remember they, that. <laughs> they still ended up being a dominant team. They, they had a 10 to 11 game against the Broncos. <laughs> oh, and that Chicago game was even worse. That one, that game was in the monsoon, right? Mm hmm. The Atlanta that. game was, was pretty bad, too. That was Jimmy G's first start. Oh, yes, um, yes. 28 14 no. Atlanta right now. No, no, it wasn't his first start. Um, Denver was his first start. Marcus Mariota lit you guys up. 13 for 14, 129 yards, two touchdowns. He played great. He didn't have an incomplete pass until like late in the third quarter. Yeah. I remember that game like it was yesterday. <laughs> so, with this game, to me, mm-hmm. I think – and I, I have to give my dad a little bit of credit on this because – well, actually, all the credit. If I say a little bit, he's going to text me and go, "This that was all my idea, you dope. Um, <laughs> so he texted me uh-huh. uh, while I was at work the other day, and he brought, he brought up a really interesting point that I, I hadn't I hadn't thought of. So I want to I get your opinion on it. He, so I think one of the biggest storylines heading into the Super Bowl – is the fact that Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes are both injured, right? Hurts is dealing um, with the shoulder. Okay. Hurts is dealing with the shoulder. Mahomes is dealing with the high ankle, high ankle sprain. So not only that, but Brock Purdy got injured in the NFC Championship game. Now, I'm not saying that the injury that happened to Brock Purdy or Mahomes or Hurts was like – was an injury that happened because of like some sort of dirty play or anything like that. They're injuries that happen throughout the course of a season. They just happen to happen in the quarterback. But my dad brought up an interesting point. He said, <clears throat> he basically was saying that maybe fans as a whole should stop complaining about all of the rules that are put in place to protect quarterbacks. And the justification that he used for it was what happened in the NFC Championship game. Because when you watch what happens to a team when their starting quarterback goes out, the game basically becomes, depending on who it is, unwatchable. I mean, that that 49ers game in the Eagles games was one of the most boring football games you could ever think to watch. Now, I don't know. I watched a couple Denver games this year. That's true. That's true. Now, my dad's point is not that what happened to Purdy was the result you know, was of, result of a dirty play or anything yeah. like that. that but, if you, but if you ever it. needed like a visual as to why the NFL invests so much money into protecting the quarterback is because not only, one, are they protecting a player, but really what they're doing is they're protecting a product because mm-hmm. – Think about what ends up happening if Patrick Mahomes doesn't play that game. Or look what happened to the Eagles when Jalen Hurts was out for two weeks. They were really not that good at all. So my dad's point was that while, yes, sometimes there are calls being made by officials that you go, 
okay, well, yes, you got to protect quarterbacks, but come on. Like that, that's not, that's not protecting a quarterback at all. That's just throwing a flag just because you're like, just to throw a flag. But what he's merely saying is that the reason why these rules are in place are for exactly what happened um, in the 49 game. Like the product on the field was just atrocious and that's why they do it. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily the rules. It's more of the officials making um, kind of errand calls that they think are applying to the rules. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's like hmm, calling something that's not very egregious, not very um, obvious of a penalty, obviously of a foul. Um, Those are the things that they're that's causing the most attention, the most backlash. I mean, I get, I totally get it, and I think your dad's um, definitely on the right track uh, for sure because the quarterback position is by far the most important and. I mean, we talked about it before the wildcard games when Miami and Baltimore were in, and they both had backup quarterbacks in. And yeah. it was like, oh, man, this matchup would have been so much better if the starting QBs were actually playing. And luckily, those games actually turned out to be a lot closer and a lot uh, more tightly contested than what we had hoped. But it it just takes the air out of the game. I think that was the biggest – even when Josh Johnson was – active and healthy and ready to play it was oh man like the Niners are really on the back foot now yeah like even then there was the feeling because a starting QB is just it's irreplaceable really yeah I mean unless you're the 49ers and you just plug and play like they could have called me uh, <laughs> probably would have better uh Steve Young tweeted the yes. Mormon you saw that Yes, that was amazing. Um, I I would have liked to see that over trying to make uh, Brock Purdy run out there and hand the ball off every time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Get get Steve out there; that'd be outstanding. <laughs> Kyle Kyle just turns around. Any of you guys play QB in high school? <laughs> Can All you right. throw a spiral? <laughs> All right, let's see it. Oh man, yeah, I know. Um, but. I- I think my dad makes a good point. Like there's, it's just, these are why the rules are in place. Not, not like just to really protect the product more than anything else. Because for a lot of teams, the quarterback is the product or creates the most product. Um, And while sometimes the referees make these egregious calls where we go, well, okay, that's clearly not what the rule was intended for. Like you're just overdoing it. Um, there, There are, there are legitimate reasons why those rules are in place because again, but, what you have going into the Super Bowl right now is you have two quarterbacks who are injured. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I can't remember Jalen's injury. I can't remember the context of his injury. I um, I don't remember exactly like what the totality of the actual injury was. He hurt it against Chicago and it was his shoulder. Um I can look up quickly to see maybe what the diagnosis was, but all I remember is that he heard it against Chicago, uh, and it is um, his his shoulder. But I think the 
it's almost delusional that the NFL can attempt to eradicate injuries at such a rate. I mean, they're just so inherent to the game, even yeah. at the QB position. I mean, Mahomes' injury wasn't a huge hit. It nope. was just a wrap up and then someone landed on his ankle. I mean, that's that could happen any play. You have non-contact injuries all the time. Those are the scary ones. Yeah, those, yeah, yeah. Where your ACL just goes, but like <laughs> the NFL being overly cautious um, is the thing they have to do, really. They don't really have a choice. Um, but to think that they could try to prevent injuries um, of a game where guy, where the main objective is to ram your body into another person's body. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just, it's just impossible. It's yeah. Really, they, I think they would do, they would do more to um, get the concussion process yeah. a little bit more sewn up and maybe even just general officiating, not on the personal foul calls, but on, yeah. I mean, everything um, just get, on the same page and I think everyone because really the the rough in the passer calls yeah there was that that one late right against Mahomes when he was running out of bounds that play was I don't know you just can't can't do that yeah which I I feel like you can't touch a QB or any player really you can't push them yeah I mean you can push them out of bounds but like he was so clearly giving himself up yeah, as soon as they cross the out of bounds line, like don't even touch him. Yeah, no, it, I just I and I felt bad for the guy because he knew he made that mistake immediately, but like in the moment, like come on now. Um, yeah, especially with I mean, refs are probably just waiting for you to do something. Oh yeah, they're like, oh yeah, Mahomes is running out of bounds. See what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, pushing him. That I don't like that. Flag. <laughs> I, I love that illustration of maybe a referee throwing a flag. Nope, don't like it. Flag. <laughs> he's just he's just talking. Do it. I dare you. I dare you. I dare you to touch I, I it. I dare you. <laughs> what was the uh what was the Jimmy Bosa one? Where the ref ran back over to him? What'd you say? Oh yeah. Say something like, <laughs> yeah, something like that. Uh and then you have an instance like uh speaking of officiating the whole Pat Bev thing the other night where he brought out the Ooh. camera. <laughs> referee i think i think nba would be by far the hardest sport to ref oh yes i agree with how fast and how bang bang those fouls are i agree i agree i've only refed one basketball game in my entire life and it was it's difficult it is hard it is hard um volleyball is not hard to ref i would imagine not (laughs) just so you know i would imagine not um all right so we again we're going to have next show to spend on this entire game. But before we get there, um, you know, to next week, I, I think I'd actually, I'd actually rather make the picks. I think right now, nope, and then we'll revisit them. We'll visit. Nope. 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 I'm not. Oh, I was going to say, we can make the picks now and then revisit. See Dude, if you've before changed. the pro bowl game. No. Oh, before the pro bowl game. <laughs> Come on. Before the flag football game? Okay, fine. Fair enough. We'll wait. We'll wait. Before Derek Carr gets to rock the Vegas colors one last time? I know. I know. He's going to be there in just like 
Yeah, he's not. Even, it's gonna be interesting seeing him in a Raiders uniform. Maybe he should just show up with a blank helmet. Show up with a Bucks uniform. Oh, I feel bad for him. Um, speaking of Bucks, we we did this last season. Yep, we did this last season. So everything that we wanted to say about Tom Brady, we already said. And there's absolutely nothing that we can say about Tom Brady that hasn't been said a million times. But for the final time, we mm-hmm. are going to be saying goodbye to Tom Brady. And, um, yeah, he announced his retirement. He is not going to go to Vegas, <laughs> um, <laughs> which is okay with me. <laughs> uh, was he actually a Pro Bowler? Um, I don't know if he got um, selected to the Pro Bowl. I'm not 100% sure. Um, but he is retiring the greatest of all time. I have, uh, a, I have one, one stat on him that I okay. thought was very, in, that I thought was interesting and, uh, forgive me. Cause it's going to take me a second to pull it up. Here it is. So Tom Brady is going to retire, um, as the NFL's all time leader in Super Bowls, one Super Bowl MVPs, pass touchdowns, pass yards, completions, Attempts, game-winning drives, fourth-quarter comebacks, Pro Bowls, starts, and wins. Jeez. So there, I mean, if 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 there was ever anything to sum up Tom Brady's career, I mean, that's uh, that's it right there. I mean, he he's the greatest of all time. All yeah, time. for the for the ultimate competitor, do you, I don't even think he could have imagined this in his wildest dreams. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Like, you could go out and say, yeah, I want to be the greatest, but to actually get the concrete of, oh, I've won the most Super Bowl games, had the best stats ever, like, it's just undebatable. Yeah, he did He did literally everything you could have wanted to do as a quarterback in the NFL. So congrats to Tom Brady. It has been an absolute honor to watch you. And really, you know, for us, in sort of the era that we grew up in, Besides Aaron Rodgers, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the last remnants of that kind of old quarterback group. You know, the Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, Phillip Rivers, Tom Brady, Big Ben, Eli, you know, that, that kind of group. Um, they're all gone, except for Rodgers. He's the last one standing. Mm-hmm. And Matt Ryan, kind of. Yeah, and Matt Ryan as well. Yeah, and I guess Joe Flacco is still playing. He won a Super oh, Bowl. So, so, but that old guard is is kind of kind of fading out. Rodgers is really the, the biggest prominent one still kind of remaining. It'll be interesting to see what happens to Matt Ryan. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, the quarterbacks that we grew up with, they're kind of kind of fading out. There's just a few more left. Yeah, I think Rogers got to play another year. Well, he's got about 50 or 60 million reasons to do so. <laughs> Woo! I hope, it's, I hope it's still in Green Bay. I think it would be, it'd be just a, a bit of a damper. On his career, if he played somewhere else, he's gonna go to the Jets. <laughs> he might go to San Francisco, dude. Honestly, now that uh, Purdy's injured, yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, cost so much. Yeah, you'd have to get up, give up quite a bit. Yeah, I think uh, McCaffrey apparently is a free agent. Mm, I think you'd lose him uh, if you signed Rogers, probably. Yeah. They got us. They got to resign McCaffrey. I think so. I think so. I think they can make it work with uh, Purdy or Lance. Absolutely. 
And yeah. uh, I heard somebody saying that they want to see Derek Carr in San Francisco. Who said that? Just somebody on ESPN <laughs> earlier in the week. Really? Yeah. Heck no. They were like, yep, that is my preferred landing spot for Derek Carr. The 49ers. I was like, man, I so hope that happens. <laughs> and then uh, Jimmy goes to Vegas. I think that would be kind of cool. That would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be hilarious for our show. <laughs> yeah. Just the dynamic. You're going to be like, Derek Carr is the greatest quarterback ever. They're like, bullshit. Jimmy D's been better his entire life. <laughs> Take, take good care of Jimmy. Oh man, oh, he gosh. would he would destroy Vegas. Who Jimmy? Yeah, are we joking? I think he, he would, would do well here. He would he would do he wouldn't be allowed to leave his hotel room. <laughs> yeah. Are we kidding? <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. In Sin City. That's fair. Oh my goodness gracious! Well, porn star Jimmy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, well, I mean, we have a whole week to sort of digest uh, the storylines for the for the uh, NFL Super Bowl. We'll bring them all to you uh, next week on our show. But we've got a couple other things we got to hit. First and foremost, uh, the Sacramento Kings. Uh, got, their, on the planet. got their 29th win of the season tonight against yeah. the San Antonio Spurs. Um, Spurs. On a night where they could not hit a three to save their friggin' lives. They were Especially eight for 27. Keegan Murray. Yeah, Keegan Murray was basically a no-show. He did everything else right. I mean, he had seven rebounds, played good defense, had two assists. Did everything else right. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, just could not hit it um, from the uh, – from the floor but however Sabonis 34 points 11 rebounds 4 assists De'Aaron Fox 31 points 10 assists Malik Monk 22 points and had the greatest missed dunk I've ever seen in my life oh yeah I I don't know if you've seen the highlight yet Uh uh-uh but he drives he drives kind of on the right side of the paint spins Uh and so he picks up his dribble on the spin and then out of the spin, he jumps up and tries to absolutely destroy Jakob Pertl. <laughs> I mean, he was he was going for the throat on the dunk. I have the highlight right here. I will send it to you um, so you can watch it. It was it was one of the most aggressive miss dunks I've ever seen in my life. I mean, if he would have thrown it down. I genuinely think it would have been the dunk of the year so far, like hands wow. down. Um, it was like when he did the spin, he was so far away from the key. I was like, Ooh, who's he going to pass it to? And then he leaves into the air. I'm like, Oh my God, he's going for it. Um, it was amazing. And it didn't even count. Um, he ended up getting fouled and going to the free throw line, but Sacramento Kings right now are sitting third in the Western conference at 29 and 21. They actually mm-hmm. have a road record of 13 and 10, 13 and 10 road record, which is outstanding. Um, the Clippers right now are 29 and 25. So they're hanging out right below them, but they've got at least a two game lead, actually a three game lead on the Mavericks right now um, who are in fifth. So the Kings right now are sitting pretty. They're doing really well. Oh my god, they're doing incredible. Uh, nothing else you could really say. Um, they're just a lot of those other teams that you feel like um, Clippers, Dallas, 
Uh, Minnesota was pretty close for a long time. Kind of thought while the Kings were slipping a little bit, man, they're just going to catch up because they have a lot more experience and they're going to pass the Kings. But, you know, the Kings are kind of gaining ground on Memphis. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. Um, As Memphis went through a tough slide, uh, check out Josh Carson, who's been on the podcast couple times um he just posted a video on memphis and their struggles mm-hmm. um, great nba channel if you haven't watched his youtube channel yeah really in-depth topic tackle if you want to get a- away from the laziness of modern day media and dive in uh then check it out absolutely absolutely i, I don't know how that turned into a uh, jc3 promo but i'm here for it <laughs> yeah i am too i i've really just been Love it. I listened to his uh, one today on Orlando. Um, kind of waiting for a Kings one. I know. <laughs> we got to um, send it in. Which is kind of offensive. And the overtness, overtly bias towards the Warriors and Stephen Curry. I know you, you met him and you got to ask him a question, but you don't have to be that much of a fan boy <laughs> for him all the time. Um, we got to get him back on. I want to hear his thoughts about the Kings. Yeah, especially when the Warriors are down there at eight. Who cares yeah. about that team? Exactly. Exactly. Um, the Kings right now are in the midst of a seven-game road stand. So they played Ugh. against the Timberwolves. They went back-to-back against the T-Wolves. They lost the first one, won the second one. They just beat the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Now they got um, the Pacers. Yeah. Ooh, tough. That's going to be a tough – that's going to be a very tough game. Uh, winnable game, but very tough. Um, and then – then they close out the road trip with a game against the Pelicans and then back-to-back against the Rockets. Oh, um, not bad. So you feel good about the two Rockets ones. The Pelicans one, uh, still tough, uh, but definitely – like this road stand could have been way worse, I guess is what I'm trying to get at. Like they, they were lucky that this road stand didn't include like a Clippers-Memphis-Phoenix-Denver-style like, because that would have been rough if you would have gone on a seven-game road stand and, like, five of your teams were, like, seeds one through six, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they really caught a break with this road trip. Well, I mean, you say that, but when they come back home, they have Mavericks twice, Suns, Trailblazers. Have you seen how good Damian Lillard has been? <laughs> yes. Are we joking? <laughs> He's, like, prime James Harden scoring numbers. I know. It's insane. It's insane. Uh, they got Clippers, Thunder twice. Um, so they got to – once they come home from those two games in Houston, it's tough sled the next couple of weeks. I feel better about those games, though, at home, I guess is really what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, the homestand is going to be against some tough teams, but I feel better about that at home than I would on the road, obviously. Yeah, it's what, uh, but the Kings have been – a really good away team. Yeah, no, they have been. They for have been. no reason. I know. <laughs> very, very strange. Um, but Lillard in so he's had back-to-back forty-point games. I'm trying to see how long this streak is extending to because, uh, yeah, he had a thirty-point game before that. Um, so he had forty, forty, thirty, and then only back against the Jazz, which would have been four games ago. He had a sixty. Oh yeah, that was his sixty-point game. <laughs> so. I mean, he's just on fire, and they're down there at eleven, the eleventh seed. They started off six and zero, right? Like they didn't they get off to a really hot start. I thought so. Yeah, 
Yeah, because Anthony Simons was going off. Yeah, and then Simons, yeah, and then Bryson was saying that like Simons was like better than Fox or something. <laughs> or something of that nature. Um he was saying that. Yeah. I, I remember I remember hearing that chatter. Uh Dame is just going thirty and seven. Hey. Um pretty just yeah, just easy. Pretty pretty standard form at this point, I think. Thirty points in thirty five minutes. Um but the Sacramento Kings, I'll close out my thoughts on and our thoughts on the Kings right now. There are three teams in the Western Conference right now who through their last ten games are seven and three. One of them is the Sacramento Kings. Do you have a guess on mm-hmm. who the other two are? Um, this is cheating because I already looked. Um, oh, well, okay. Denver and Clippers. Yeah, Denver and the Clippers are the only other team in the Western Conference at seven and three uh, over the last ten games. I in the Eastern Conference, there uh, are four teams, but the ironic part is that one of those teams is the Wizards, who are sitting down at ninth at 24-26. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10. The Heat are as well. The 76ers are actually 8-2 and two in their last 10. The Bucks and Celtics are 7-3 and three in the last 10. So that's kind of the company that the Kings have been keeping these past 10 games. So, And one of those 8-2, and two, one of those 8 wins was against the Kings, when they were benched, they sat um, yes. Joel Embiid and James Harden. Yes. So that's we'll just never, great. <laughs> we'll never forget that game. <laughs> never. No, that was that was hard. That was game hard. is etched in my brain. Um, interesting note about the Pacers, because that is the next team that the Kings are going to be playing again. I just looked up um, who they played in their last game, right? Mm-hmm. And I am noticing that there was no Tyrese Halliburton on the starting lineup. So did I miss an injury to Tyrese Halliburton? Because he didn't play in the last game. Um, gonna, just gonna check that out. Well, no. Um, okay, so yeah, he was out against the Mad game, out in the versus the Bucks, out versus the Grizzlies. So he is hurt, but I don't exactly know when mm-hmm. he's supposed to come back. Uh, He's but, questionable for the Lakers. Okay. Well, if if Halliburton is out during uh, that game, then I feel I would feel much better about the Kings' chances of winning that game on the road. They're a better team, regardless. But not having mm-hmm. Halliburton is huge. I think they're better. Any, I think the energy that they're going to get, um, especially Sabonis being back in Indiana, I'm pretty sure for the first time since the trade. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, yeah, he should just come out flying. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, because the Warriors lose in OT. They're not very good. I don't know why Josh bigs them up so much. It's like, I think, well, he he's always a Warriors fan. Like, he's, he's, I don't really know who he affiliates with nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, the, the, okay, so the Wizards are on a six-game win streak. Look at that. Um, all right. Uh, basically all we're trying to say is that if you're not watching the Kings, I mean, you're missing out on these beam lightings. You're just missing Mm -hmm. out on a good time. Mm -hmm. Missing out on a good time. Let the beam. Um, and also speaking of a good time, Mm -hmm. let me just, I just want to get in 30 seconds about the greatest television show ever made. (laughs) Um, well, at least it's not. But it's certainly trending to be that. 
if you haven't been keeping up with The Last of Us, I'm not going to spoil anything. But um, I will say that if you have seen the most recent episode of The Last of Us, episode three, one of the most, one of the hardest episodes of television I've ever had to watch in my entire life. Not because there was any violence. As a matter of fact, there's none in the episode. But it was one of the most emotional things of television movie I've ever seen in my entire life. My girlfriend, Brie, was not tearing up during that episode. She was literally bawling her eyes out, like uncontrollable kind of type crying. Um, really? Because of, because of uh, the episode that happened. And that was a consensus that I've seen from a lot of people. Like, we, we weren't able to watch the episode until yesterday, which was Tuesday. And we've been watching it on release. And everything that I've been seeing was like, the last of us two is an emotional gut punch. The show producers had a two hour cut of the episode that they couldn't release because they were crying so much. All that. Other, I was like, what is wrong with this episode? What are they doing? Um, and episode three, for those of you who have played the game is the biggest departure from the actual game storyline, but in, in a good way, like they don't, they don't like depart in such a way where you go, well, this just doesn't make any sense. Like um, it, uh, it fleshes out some characters that weren't, I mean, that were fleshed out in the game, but they uh, fleshed out a few more that made the story, it, it just progressed the story in, in such a great way. So if you haven't been keeping up with The Last of Us, I gotta say, um, it has been absolutely amazing. I think the show released with like like 4.5 million people watched episode one, and then week two it was up 30%, and then week three was up another 30%. Like each week it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. Um and the reviews have just been outstanding. So if you're not keeping up with it, I you, you really you really owe it to yourself to uh to watch one of the greatest stories that that have ever been told. Honestly, it's just it's it's amazing. Um, well, I just need some more time on my hands so I can watch. I know, I know, and I I had seen some people on uh, like asking, "Hey, you know, I have the game. Should I play the game before I watch the show?" I I mean, I guess it's one of the same questions where you kind of have like, should I read the book before I watch the movie? I mean, if you watch the show, they do depart a little bit from the game. So I guess it just kind of depends. Not, not a ton. Like there's so many shots that you can pull from the game that are in the show, like literal identical shots. So they're, they're staying about as close to source material as you possibly um, could. And this is coming from somebody who like the, the two games are like, arguably my my favorite two games i've ever played in my entire life so i promise you they're staying very authentic to the games um but i guess it's just one of those things where if you want i don't think it necessarily matters which one you start with um but if you do play the game you know there's going to be differences from the show and if you watch the show then when you play the game you're going to go oh, okay well this is a little bit different so um but i don't think really you can there's a correct order um but yeah, just absolutely amazing. And then Sam, I wanted to end it with uh, two. Uh, we got about five or six minutes left, and I wanted to end it with two uh, questions for you, just fun little questions okay. to end the show. So I'll give you the e- maybe the easier one first, right? Okay. So Bree and I were having this conversation about food earlier today, and and I asked her, I said, "What meal mm-hmm. tastes just as good warm as it does cold?" Uh, pizza. Okay. See, she said pizza as well. And I said it as well, but is there is there really any other one? Because we were struggling to kind of come up with well, meals. technically, uh, technically cereal because you can have oatmeal and then cold cereal. Yeah, but now we're getting into some like technicalities of what cereal actually is. 
Well, no, I mean, well, you can have oats in a bowl, and you can have it with milk, or you could heat it, and, you know. Um, I get what you're saying. I, I don't know if I like it, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> I could heat up a bowl of honey bunches of oats, and it might taste just as good. <laughs> right. um, what about spaghetti? Have you ever eaten cold spaghetti? And not my favorite. Not my favorite either, but I feel like that, that could work. But I was struggling to think of anything else because pizza – Pizza just comes immediately, but I couldn't think of anything else that just immediately popped up. Bree said like hard boiled eggs, but that's not really a meal. I mean, I guess it could be, but it's not a meal. Um, it's tough. It would it count if the meal is primarily served warm, and then it's just like a day old. I guess that's pizza, right? but the only reason you would have cold pizza. Right. I've had warm sushi rolls. Mm-hmm. That was that was the next one that I kind of came up with. Like there have been like deep fried sushi rolls. I've had a baked sushi roll before. Like I like warm sushi rolls. Well, would you count chocolate? Like you could have hot chocolate and then also ice cream. I mean, yes, or- but now we're talking about food items as opposed to like actual meals. Um, oh, I could have chocolate as a meal. Well, so could Brie. <laughs> <laughs> so could Brie. Are you? Uh, so you're more chocolate than vanilla? Oh no, I like the taste of vanilla more. Okay, yeah, me too. As a flavor, yeah, me um, too. But like actual chocolate. Oh, I could eat some chocolate. Right. I could eat some chocolate right now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, uh, no, nothing really comes. Nothing else really comes. From, I mean, I like cold pizza. I do too. Um, I don't really mind it. No, but, I. But I, I'm I also agree. a uh, human garbage disposal. So that's fair. Same. I had. Um, we had leftovers that were in our fridge for I don't know how long, <laughs> but it might have been more than three days. Do you think that's too long to eat them? No, 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 no. I, it depends on the leftover. Like some, like we'll have rice that has been in the fridge for like a couple days, uh, and you just got to put in so you got to put in water uh, when you put it in the microwave to sort of moist it up a little bit. But so it was peppers, onions, and this um, Italian sausage. No, I don't think so. Three that days. We do. Three days, not not that bad. It might have been four. My stomach did not feel good after. <laughs> so I don't think it was actually good. Um, I, I tell you what. I opened up. We we like to eat black beans. And we'd put, um, after we opened the can, we dumped it in a little container of Tupperware. There were uh-huh. beans in our fridge. And I was like, I don't really know how old these are. And I opened up the can. And I smelled it. I was like, ooh. <laughs> and I brought it over to Brie because I was like, I don't, like, this doesn't smell great. But beans. Like normally smell great anyway, so let me get a second opinion. <laughs> so I walked over to Bree and I was like, "Hey, can you smell this? Just I want to double check to see if this is good." And she smells it and she goes, "Why?" And then she just yells at me like, "Why did you make me smell that?" <laughs> and she made me dump them in the trash and then take take the trash outside immediately. She's like, "Get that out of our house." I was like, oh, "Wow, I didn't think it was that bad." <laughs> oh, Jenna, Jenna's the exact same way. Not yeah. it's it's not good enough that it's in the trash. The trash has to be out. Yes, of the house. It's the the food. The smell has to be out of off the premises mm-hmm. altogether. Yeah. No. I yeah. Bree Bree is the same way. Um, 
All right. So my, my last question for you, um, and it's a, it's a philosophical question and it's not a straightforward question. Um, it was posed during one of our, our conversations in one of my philosophy classes for anybody okay. who doesn't know I'm, I'm minoring in philosophy. So I, I take a lot of philosophy classes and, um, what the hell would you do with a philo- philosophy minor? <laughs> philosophy, the reason why people take philosophy as a minor is more um, because it, it looks good in terms of, um, like, it, it, philosophy has a lot of critical thinking in it. Um, mm, true. And that's sort of, that's sort of the appeal um, for people who are hiring if you have a philosophy minor is, is the critical thinking aspect of it. Um, and we did, we did an exercise called the, it was called the train car experiment. And mm-hmm. let's say you're the conductor of this train, right? And it's rolling down these train tracks. And you look up ahead and you see that there are five people standing on the train track, right? Mm-hmm. Why they're there is not necessarily relevant to the conversation. Whether they're tied there or standing there by volunteer, it doesn't matter. They are oblivious to the fact that there's a train coming, right? So it, mm-hmm. it's becoming apparent to you that th- this train that you're conducting is going to hit these people. Right as you're approaching, you realize that there's a lever that you can pull. And if you pull this lever, you know how train tracks um, like will kind of converge, like multiple train tracks will converge and there are mm-hmm. conductors. Well, yeah, if you pull the lever, it'll switch the train tracks, divert it another way. You have a lever and you're like, oh, if I pull this, it'll divert the train tracks. Well, that's great, except there's one person standing on those train tracks. So you have five people standing on the one that you're on right now. And if you pull the lever, You'll divert it, saving the five people. But what you'll end up doing is hitting the one person on the other train track. And the question mm-hmm. is, would you pull the lever or would you not? Well, I think it's murder either way. Um, well, I don't know if it's murder. No, because <laughs> you're not. Because you're not. Res- well, I feel like you are responsible for the five. Um, I think you're most responsible if you were to. St- pull the lever and hit the person on the one train track. Cause you made that decision. Mm-hmm. That is a conscious decision that you made. Um, and the five, you can't necessarily control, but technically you can control because you can pull the lever. To exactly. Like you can, like you talked about making a conscious decision to pull the lever. You can also make a conscious decision to the argument against that is, well, you're making a conscious decision to not pull the lever as well. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I will tell you before you answer the class, there were, we had about 28 students in our class, 20, like 25 of them said they would pull the lever and three said they would not. And I won't tell you the side I was on, but yet. But you were on the not. I was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think the math, I mean, the math just makes sense. If you can save five lives. Mm-hmm. sparing five lives by taking one um, why is the one person on the track we don't know <laughs> why is it, it's not, not, necessar- not necessarily relevant to the question so, so if I were to say f- the five um, you know natural selection just gotta take them out <laughs> I mean, if they're just hanging out, hanging out on these train tracks do we really want them having offspring and spreading that well so i i said i wouldn't spreading that incompetence I, I said i wouldn't pull a lever and my justification behind it 
I don't know what I would actually do in that situation, <laughs> but um, my justification jump off the train. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my justification behind it was that to me, the person on the one train track—I mean, the the train track where if you pull the lever, that one person is technically not involved in this current predicament at all. Like they are completely safe, and my choice to pull the lever is what then puts them in danger and, and kill them. So to me, I know you're making a conscious decision to not pull the lever, but to me, it's almost worse to involve somebody who had no ability to get hit in the first place. And that, that mm-hmm. was, that was my justification behind it. Well, they are just hanging around on the train tracks though. Right. So maybe all of them should die. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> yeah. Natural, like natural selection might, and then the, the other caveat to this was, uh, well, actually, no, we'll, we'll, we'll leave that for later. I'll give, you a so, part, I'll give you a part two on the next episode. So so if you're driving down, the only way you can save all six is if you sacrifice yourself. Would you do it? Okay, so, you know, it's funny that you, that you said that because, okay, I'll give you the second part. The second part was, let's say you're not the train conductor. You're standing on a bridge, and this bridge is over the top of – the train tracks, right? Uh-huh. This train is barreling down towards five people. Uh, the lever's not involved anymore. It's barreling down towards... It's, <laughs> it's, not, it's now a button. <laughs> yeah, it's now a button. So it's barreling down towards these five people. There's a bridge it, you're, that's, over, yes. that's overarching over the train tracks. Yep, you're looking fast. down at the train. You can see that this train is about to hit these five people. Well, there's a person next to you who can also see that. Now, they're leaning a little bit over the edge, right? And this person is like, Think of like the mountain from Game of Thrones. Okay. Massive person, right? Uh-huh. They're leaning over and you're like, and you realize in your head that you push this over the edge. What? And they land on the train track. No, no. They'll stop the train. No, so the no, question no, 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 is, no, no, no. would you push that one person over the edge to save the five people? Heck no. I'll tell you what, the class was split. Dead no. <laughs> yes. push Please tell me you were not on the side. I was not. On, I was not on the side because to me it's the same. That's thing. That's murder, right? To me, it's the same thing as the lever thing. Like this bridge has nothing to do with the predicament that is happening at the moment. So I know that five people are going to die, but this person has is not at all like involved in the situation at all. So I am not pushing them over the edge. But literally, the class was like split because a lot of a lot of people were using the math argument, like. You know, it's five versus no, one. No, they're stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it's not. Yeah, it's like there's no right answer, but there is obviously a right answer. You're not going to commit murder, putting your hands on someone and being the sole reason that they die um, to save five idiots. Right. There's no way. Right. I mean, it's like It's like saying that I could shoot someone to stop a car accident from happening that I'm just witnessing. The car accident's happening regardless right. of what's going on. Right. And then I'm not, I'm not going to just shoot someone. No, exactly. So very, uh, very interesting conversation that we had. Philosophy is one of those classes you could just bring up any question and the professor's like, well, what do we think about it? <laughs> like, Sounds like one of my business classes. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's it's been it's been very interesting. Although I will say this semester, each of my classes is assigned about twenty to twenty five pages of reading per week. Ooh, so I'm reading nice. about 
120 to 150 pages of politics to it. and communication stuff. So it's been great. Good. I got yeah. to get to sleep. Yeah. All right, man. Um, we'll get to sleep. Everybody who stuck around to listen, we really do appreciate it. Thank you all so much. We will see you all next week for a more in-depth look at the Super Bowl. Enjoy, enjoy your weekend and uh, go Kings. Light the beam. <laughs> Light the beam. See ya.